Disney's Doug. Throwback. It's your old chuckle buddy. Kiss you. Jonathan James Ramjuran. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 25th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Jonathan Ramjuran the Podcast. Get your shoe shined up, boy. Ooh, I'm going to run you ragged, boy. I'm going to make you sweat, boy. Boy. Coming at you live here on this Saturday, on this Saturday morning, on this Saturday, Saturday morning, 6.32 in the a.m. I love it when summer and spring are finally getting into the fucking realm of your life. Don't you love it when that realm comes around? It's been a blistering winter, you know? Out like a lamb, in like a lion. Sorry, rather, in like a lamb, out like a lion. Like, you know, winter wouldn't fuck off this year, right? It's been dreary, bleary, uh, raining, you know, and, uh, you know, April showers weren't bringing May flowers, and now it's now it's starting to look hopeful. You know, it's still kind of chilly outside, actually. It's still kind of chilly, a little windy, a little rainy at times. But generally, the sun is out, you know, the, the foliage is foliaging, everything's getting green, and that's what I mean. It's nice when that realm comes around, because like right now, it's 6.32 in the morning, in the a.m., Eastern Standard Time. I'm looking out the window, and it's been, and it's like, uh, it's like fucking, you know, it's, it's light out. The sun's up. It's not like that dark, dreary winter 6 a.m., you know? It's alive and happening, people walking around and shit. Hallelujah. Uh, wasn't the greatest of mornings, though. Got bit by a bed bug. Little fucking bed bug bit me when I was brushing my teeth this morning, little fucking bastard. You know, I felt I felt my, my toe, my foot. I'm like, what the fuck? Like it's kinda itchy. It's weird. Fungus? Herpes? Herpes on my toesies? So I'm like, what the fuck's that itch, right? And then I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm brushing my teeth. Brushing my teeth. And then um all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's really fucking itchy. What the fuck is that? fucking, it's fucking itchy, right? I look down, there's this little fucking bed bug. And, you know, gentle Jesus, risen Lord, you're my Lord and Savior, or at least I think so. I'm a spiritual man. Whatever. I'll pray to whoever. I pray to the sparrow sometimes. Squirrels, seagulls, you know? Nature, nature's my higher power, whatever. I believe in some sort of entity, something, you know? Of course, but you know what? This little bed bug had to go. Little bastard. I picked him up. Squish! Blood gushing into the sink. <laughs> put some, uh, put some uh, Vaseline. Luckily, I had some Vaseline handy. <laughs> right in the bathroom, oddly enough. I had some Vaseline handy and um, put, it on the little bur- put it on the little bite. And, uh, you know, Bob's your uncle. Put a little, uh, 
I got Vaseline on my left foot. I'm kind of like, <laughs> do you remember, what was that guy's name, Harry? I'll look it up right now. Remember that dude in a, of Mice and Men who would like uh, keep one of his hands in a Vaseline glove to keep it tender for his wife? Let me type this in. Hopefully no porn site comes up. Vaseline glove. Okay. The book of Mice and Men was about, um, it was the 1930s. Dust Bowl USA. Stock market has crashed. Bankers jumping out of buildings. Families living in uh, tents, you know. Old white men getting their dick sucked by their secretary. Get over here, you little bitch! 1930s America. And um, it was about um, these two, I guess, California, I believe. They lived in California. They lived somewhere in the States. Who gives a shit where? These two farmhands, George and Lenny. Now, George was kind of like the scruffy Stenson man, the Marlboro man, cowboy, you know, Sheriff Andy from Toy Story. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Don't you forget what your old pal said, I said. You got a friend in me. Somebody poisoned the water hole. There's a snake in my boot. You know, he's kind of like that rough and tumble kind of Stenton man, cowboy, cigarette smoking, you know. Uh, George. Then the other character was Lenny. The Frankenbeans. I likes mine with ketchup. There is no fucking ketchup. But I likes mine with ketchup, George. I do. I had the high high. But I digress. Um, there was also a character in the short story. Actually, it was a novella, about 132 pages. Uh, and actually, why not? I might as well tell the rest of it. Uh, it's about these two traveling work hands looking for work, I believe, in the 30s, the dirty 30s. And they go and they work on some fucking farm baling hay or some shit, right? And um, I don't even really know what the story is other than it's about, like, the mentally handicapped and... Uh, Hard times in the USA. I don't know what the moral is. I don't know why they're called mice or men. Maybe because one had a learning disability. But I like mine with ketchup. John Malkovich played Lenny in um, a great film in the 90s of Mice and Men, the adapted version. Then there was, um, what's his name? The squinty-eyed little Lieutenant Dan. That squinty-eyed fuck. What's his name? George, no, Gary Sinise. Lieutenant Dan. That you, Gump? Forrest Gump? It's Lieutenant Dan speaking. I wish I would have died in Vietnam, you fuck. I got no legs! Whatever he says, right? But anyways, um, he plays George. And um, so, yeah, it's about, like, these two drifting uh, mentally disabled... Well, one of them's mentally disabled. Two um, drifting uh, work hands, mental disabilities, working in the 1930s. It's called Of Mice and Men... By John Steinbeck, famous novel, novella. I don't even know what the fuck it's really the point of it is other than to showcase those hard times and mental disability. But anyway, um, <clears throat> which is a worthy cause in itself. And uh, anyway, one of the characters, his name was, uh, I'm looking it up, he had a velvet glove and he kept the Vaseline in the velvet glove to keep it uh, nice and soft for his wife because he was a boxer and... Uh, What's his name? Velvet Glove of Mice and Men. Let's see what pops up. Typing it into my phone here. Velvet Glove. Glove. 
no, no, Vaseline glove. He had a Vaseline-filled glove, and he kept it uh, nice and soft for his wife. Vaseline glove of mice and men. Of mice and men. Let's see what pops up. The Vaseline glove. Curly! <laughs> Curly. Get over here, Curly, I reckon. What's that in your glove, boy? A little Vaseline for my woman. Okay, Curly, you're not gay. So, uh, yeah. Curly, that character, he kept Vaseline in his glove. Let's see why it said that, actually. It just says he'll hear for a moment. What? what? The Vaseline will keep it soft, but it is liable to wear work days. Making it, what? Who gives a, f Curly has regular sex with his wife and wishes his hand to be soft so he can caress her without a, a diminished lack of sensation in his hand. <laughs> Curly has regular sex with his wife. I don't know, that's what Google told me. Who gives a shit? And uh, yeah, so there you have it. I'm kind of like Curly, even though I'm not having any regular sex at the moment. Uh, <clears throat> that's another story. But uh, I wear this sock with a little bit of Vaseline in it, right? So I got this Vaseline sock on right now because that fucking bed bug bit me and it's nothing to be ashamed about you know like we live in a metropolis i live in a metropolis downtown toronto and uh there's a lot of um from time to time you pick up a bed bug all right i'm only human i'm gonna make mistakes you know, I can't fucking help it if a fucking bed bug crawls into my fucking shoe when I'm walking down the street. I haven't been, I haven't been bitten by a bed bug in, you know, close to a year now, so, you know. It's not like I have a dirty house or anything, if that's what you're saying. That's what you're implying, you judgmental fuck. But, you know, you live in a city, and from time to time, you pick up a bed bug. And then when you do, you deal with it. Like I dealt with that little cocksucker. Squish, tossed him in the sink, flush. We don't really flush a sink, I guess. Well, you could. You can call it getting flushed when you turn on the water. Oh, it's flushing. Is there a difference between flushing and um, flowing? Like a sink faucet? <clears throat> well, if you're new to the podcast, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I'm a fucking idiot uh, recovering from a bed bug bite. Bed bug bite recovery. Uh, kind of a shit way to start the morning, but uh, you know, you know how it is. So, indeed, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, I am an actor extraordinaire. I got a diploma in theater arts. Uh, there you have it. You mentioned, uh, you saw me mention of Mice and Men, uh, film adaptation, Gary Sinise, uh, John Malkovich. I don't think many actors this day and age can drop those things, you know, like, oh, remember this movie from way back? Or, you know, oh, yeah, The Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart. That was a classic film noir. Or like, um, you know, oh yeah, The Bridges of Madison County, you know, one of Clint Eastwood's first directorial, directorial fucking films where he, uh, you know, showed his range and got women swooning over his uh, sweet and soft side. Or like, you know, classic actors like Sidney Poitier, um, bum, 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 bum. even like fucking Dustin Hoffman and like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, like a lot of the generation, people within my age group, you know, I'm not that old, I'm 32. People don't even fucking recognize who these people were. 
or are they're just like oh that old bastard or that actor or whatever it's like dude like the whole fucking acting game isn't just fucking you know avengers and fucking game of thrones like there's a you know there's a fucking wealth of good shit out there man shit that would make you inspired at least i believe so and um yeah for example like um recently i was talking about the andy griffith show starring andy griffith with Don Knotts and Ronnie Howard. Andy! Now, Andy, I'm the deputy of Mayberry, Andy, and I, I, I don't stand for... Now, Andy, how would it look, the deputy of Mayberry, on his hands and knees, sucking the cock of the sheriff of Mayberry, Andy? Now, how would that look? Well, Barn, I don't know how much about how it looks, but I do reckon I might like the way it feels. You know, I watch all sorts of shit. I got experience and an insight and a love for just classic acting, classic film, classic television, theater, strolling the boards, striding the boards, and you never felt so alive when you walk out into the theater. You know, you're standing before an audience and you, re- you report, you report your truth to the audience. You know? Oh, that this too, too solid flesh should melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a milky dew. That two worlds will, you know, like, fuck. Actor shit, you know? And, uh, feel pretty blessed to keep doing it. I got plans in the works for shit I want to do in my future career. Um, if you're new to the show, I'm also an alcoholic. <gasps> two years and, uh, you know, coming up on seven months of sobriety. Two years, seven months. And, uh, getting ahead of myself, though. It's really just two years and six months at the moment. Uh... Those are kind of connected, you know, my alcoholism and my fall from grace with my acting and some of my uh, endeavors. But um, ups and downs, smiles and frowns. If you need recovery in your life, go out there and get it. I went out. I sought it. I got into like a 12-step program. I started putting the pieces of my life back together day by day, baby steps. And all of a sudden, it accrues. And then all of a sudden, you're sitting in front of a microphone with a bed bug bite babbling about, you know, the Andy Griffith show. And, you know, life's your fucking oyster. Who gives a bum clot blood clot fuck, right? If you wake up in the morning happy, sober, hallelujah, what more can you ask for? I am also a janitor. Yeah, I sweep up dirt, dust, mop up piss stains. It helps me keep uh, sober, number one, you know. Idle hands are the devil's playground, right? So, you know, during the day, it's a blessing to have something I can do that provides me with an income. And the second part of that is, um, while it keeps me occupied and sober, it also facilitates my um, acting life. As I mentioned, I've been putting some money aside to uh, begin a new endeavor, a new endeavor with my actor's journey. Uh, 17, 18 years of experience, still want to do it, still have a passion for it. So there's a couple things I got to do to keep the flame burning, right? So I'm almost done paying off my student loan. I'm within like a thousand or two 
dollars away from paying off a student loan that I had weighing over me for years. So once that's done, I can move up to the next thing, right? And, you know, baby steps. Hallelujah. Um, I am also, last of all, a stand-up comedian. 11 years of experience. Again, ups and downs, smiles and frowns. And uh, that's what's going to launch me into this episode of the show, actually. So... Those are the four things that sum me up at the moment. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, alcoholic, janitor, stand-up comedian. So, welcome to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. What a windbag. Oh, my God. Did you hear that sound? That was my chair. So, yeah, as I mentioned, what's going to lead me into this podcast today is um, I host a show of my own. It's called Our Righteous Mike. It's a show that I entitled with many kind of elements to the name. I wanted something that sounded inclusive. You know, I didn't want it to be um, the whatever show or some stupid cockamamie name, you know, like, uh, you know, right. Or just even just plain Righteous Mike. That sounded a little too arrogant, a little too self-serving. I wanted it to be known that this show is inclusive. It's in a show that I want it to be inclusive for the performer. I want any comedian that I can extend an invitation to, or if they reach out and want to do my show, I want it to be an open-door policy. Not like all the fucking egotistical, narcissistic, um, fucking mummery of the fucking bullshit jobs, sorry, rather, shows that you see in this city of Toronto. It's an unhealthy environment, to be honest with you. It can drive you mad because really everybody's out for themselves and it's really hard to connect with the community. And um, that's just the facade of show business. Business in general, really. Isn't business really about dollars and cents, you know, or fucking uh, ruples and quin or pounds or yin or yang or whatever the fuck the Japanese terminology is? You know, that Chinese, whatever, who cares? What I'm saying is that, you know, it's about that egg in a basket business. You know, you get into things hoping for a sunny, rosier disposition, right? Like part of why I was so enamored with the performing arts was um, one of the books you read in um, theater school, which I went to, thank you very much, diploma in theater arts. You're talking to a fucking college acting graduate. Um, one of the things, one of the books you read is an Actor Prepares by Anton Chekhov. Is that who's by? No, not by Chekhov. Stanislavski. Stanislavski, rather. And actually, I'm getting a little high-handed because I didn't read it. <laughs> One of the first chapters is about how he plays Othello, right? Stanislavski, the guy who um, pretty much penned down and termed, uh, invented, made, known 
the method of method acting, using your emotional memory, you know, um, emotional triggers basically for acting, emotional recall, all that type of shit. Anyways, in the book, An Actor Prepares, there's a chapter where he uh, talks about playing Othello. And he's like, I never felt so alive in the role of Othello. I smeared chocolate on my face and I strode the boards, gnashing my teeth and acting like an animal. I was a real black man, I felt. And I was acting with my gut. I had chocolate on my face. I'm like, you fucking cosmonaut, suck my dick. And I threw the book in the garbage. Never read that fucking trash. But what I'm saying is, there was a fucking chapter earlier in the book when he talked about like his desire to start an artistic community. You know, he was an actor, a writer, this, that, and the other. And he wanted to be around other like-minded people. And that's the sunny, rosy disposition that I'm saying I had at one point. I was like, oh, wow, wouldn't it be cool to be around a whole bunch of people that are like me, that are into performing, actors, comedians, musicians, artists, an artist community, a community of artists. Well, that's what I want to talk about here today. Because, you know, I don't know where my belief lies anymore in community. Because, like I said, the show Our Righteous Mike, it was named to be inclusive. Our Righteous Mike. It's a show for everybody, all, com- all comics, all audiences, all expression, all sexualities, genders, races, all that. It's a show for all of us, our time to be righteous in our art on the microphone, our righteous mic. Duh. Well, what do I get? Let me tell you about it. So there I am, 8 p.m., Thursday, May 23rd, showtime. Well, I'm staring at an empty room. Not a single fucking audience member. Just me, a bunch of empty tables and chairs, microphone, microphone stand, PA system, the callous sound of laughter walking by on the adjacent street. (laughs) Isn't life great? (laughs) Look who's alone now. Hey, look who's talking to himself like he was Hamlet. It's the man who knew it all, who they said could never fall. I'd say today was not his day. Hey, pal, when she's back, we'll laugh this off together. If that doesn't call for drinks, well, then what does? 
Somebody's laughing. It's all a joke, except I've seemed to have missed the punchline. I'm the man who was so wise. Why is this a surprise? Look who's alone now. No audience. No hoes, no clothes, no one showing up for my shows. You know how it goes, might as well kick it at home. But my baby mama hate my guts and can't stand me. Packed up, moved out, started a new family. So all this struggle for what? So I could blow up? Marry a slut but can't watch my seed grow up? Fuck that, just the fucking things I get for trying to entertain assholes and feed my bitch. It's like my whole life's upside down because she's seeing more support than I'm seeing my child. It's like... X to the Z exhibit. Just fucked, man. No audience. No nothing. No comics. And uh, the rest of the story, the rest of the sordid affair, the rest of this dismal story, I choose not to tell. See, I'm even stuttering having the words come out of my mouth. It's such a, I choose not to tell the rest of this story. Because it's such an ugly, distasteful thing on my lips. Because I'm disillusioned. For the first time in my life as a performer, I had a real moment of disillusionment. What is the exact definition of disillusionment? Funny you should ask. I got a dictionary. Dictionary, dictionary. Actually, before I get the dictionary, a little bit of stage business, I got to feed my plant. Um, I got a jade succulent. Oh, so succulent. Try the roast chicken dairy. It's so succulent. Poppy. Uh, Poppy got sloppy. Anyway, um, shout out to Jerry Seinfeld, you narcissistic fuck. You smug cocksucker. One of my favorite comics that ever did it. Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, Anyways, here, let me go um, feed this plant. Spraying my plant with water so it can survive. Survive, you little fuck. Thrive, you little fuck. Jive, you little fuck. Spraying the plant with water. Staring out the window with my shirt right off. Take a look at this, I'm a gardener. Sunshine in my way. Why, oh my, what a beautiful day. All right. There you go. Fucking sprayed that bitch up. <clears throat> Sometimes you gotta feed the plants, you know? Can't be worried about every little stupid thing. Oh, I'm in the middle of a show. No, my fucking plant was thirsty. Fuck you, people. What'd you ever do for me? You weren't at the show. Anyways, um. <clears throat> Here we go. What's the exact definition of disillusionment? Dictionary, dictionary. Disillusionment, disillusionment. Disillusionment. Distillation. Uh, come on, I don't drink anymore. I can't read that. 
Disillusionment. I'm disillusioned with finding the definition of disillusioned. Where the fuck is it? Disillusionment. A disillusionment. Plenty sunshine in my way. My oh my, what a beautiful day. I've seen a dragon fly, but I've seen an elephant fly. Um, I don't know. Disorder? Lack of order. I know what that means, you idiot. Kind of like this podcast. A little bit of disorder going on here. Where is this blood clot, boom clot definition? Why am I so goddamn stupid? Dissimulation. Dissipate. Disillusioned. Disposal. Disproportionate. Disparate. Disillusionment. Where are you, you stupid fuck? Mm-hmm. H-I. Disheveled. Disheartened. I was definitely disheartened. To depress the hope of courage. <laughs> Dishwasher, yeah, I've been that too. Dish rag, I've been that too. Dish pan, been that too. This whole fucking thing's dishonor, dishonest. Everything with a dis, I've been. Isn't that fucked up? Go look up something with the with the preface uh, or with the uh, whatever you call it, the compound word being uh, dis, and you'll find a whole list of your character traits. Here we go. Here, I've been every single one of these things. Dishabiled. The state of being carelessly or partially dressed. I've been dishabilled. Disharmony. I've been that as well. Dis- disclosed. Disheartened. Disheveled. Dishonest. Dishonor. Dishpan. Dishrag. Dishtowel. Dishwasher. Disinclined. Disinfect. Disingenuous. Disheart. Disinherit. Dis- disintegrate. Disinterred. Disinterested. Disjointed. Holy fuck. That's like every fucking personality trait I have. <clears throat> Anyways, um... Here we go. Disillusioned. To free from or to deprive of illusion. Idealism. Disenchanted. You know? Uh, yeah. To be free of or deprived of illusion. My illusions are gone. My idealism is gone. Um, in my community. In the community of performers, of comedians, more specifically. And even in the acting community, you see it a lot. It's disillusionment. I don't believe in the facade of it anymore. It's a bunch of egotism, narcissism, favoritism, nepotism. I'm disheartened. You know, I'm disjointed. I'm disheveled. You know? I'm disillusioned. And I don't care to really be in these scenes anymore I just don't feel like the support is there I feel like everybody's desperate to get ahead there's no um, cohesiveness because it's kind of strange it's kind of like the world it's very much a microcosm of the world like the cynicism that infects the globe we need each other in order to exist, to sustain, you know? Um, you can't really 
harvest a field by yourself, right? Farmers need farmhands, you know? Employers need employees. Hookers need johns. Drug addicts need uh, drug dealers, you know? We all go hand in hand. In the comedy community, we need each other in order to better ourselves and one another. Each other. We need each other. For example, I host a show. Well, why do I host a show? Because, well, number one, I'm trying to get my chops to the fullest. You know, I'm trying to raise myself to the fullest. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be the best I can. And how do I do that? By doing more shows. By doing consistently more shows, more stage time. Well, in order to do more shows, I need to interact with more comedians. I need to do their shows, and I need them to be on my show. That way they can help um, fill time and draw audience to my show. So it's all uh, one hand washes the other situation. I help them, they help me. Or rather, they help me, I help them. It's a circle, right? Well, a lot of comics don't get that. It's all about them. Me, 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 me. A lot of actors don't get that. It's all about me, 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 me. You know? They try to throw each other under the bus for roles. I've had it happen to me. I remember in college, um, not, I don't even want to let those thoughts touch the tip of my tongue. But I've been in the same situation where there's been backstabbing and bullshit nonsense in an acting environment. And uh, today I'm very disillusioned because um, I've been in this scene for a while now, the comedy scene in Toronto specifically. And it's like, you know, there's too many too hungry. Everybody needs stage time. So I don't get begrudging. I don't get resentments. I don't take it personally. It's like, okay. There's only so many stages, so many, uh, so much stage time. There's only so many stages and so much and so many amounts of spots, uh, you know. And I don't get resentful. I mean, like if I can't get onto a show, I understand. So what I did was I created a show that way. I'm not just standing there with my hand open in my community. I'm serving my community hoping my community gives me a little bit of love back, serves me back, you know? One hand washes the other. And without getting too specific, because I really don't want to get into the negativity, it doesn't feel good leaving my tongue. Like, um, this is my, I don't know, maybe my fourth or fifth attempt at recording uh, this portion, this portion here about... What happened last Thursday on the show, Our Righteous Mike, the show I host in downtown Toronto. This is like the fourth attempt at recording this portion, and it never felt good talking about it. And I'm at that point where I don't, that's part of the part of the mystique, part of the mystery of show business is, yo, let it be a mystery. And I don't have to talk about every little fucking thought that goes into my head. And it's something I really, I really don't want to talk about other than 
I'm disillusioned with the community. Because it's been an ongoing uh, an ongoing battle. And not just with the audience. As I mentioned, there being no audience. I'm talking comics with their condescension, their arrogance, their narcissism, their entitlement, their bully-like tactics, their uh, X, Y, and Z. And a lot of it has nothing to do with being funny. For all the bullshit that they fucking spew, where's the humor? I've had a lot of fucking Dr. Seuss, Mother Goose, Cat in the Hat, fake-ass fucking comics talking games, spitting shit online. I'm the shit. Then they show up in person and they're garbage, trash for the birds. And, you know, it's this petty squabble that I don't want to get into, is what I'm saying. And I'm feeling disillusioned. But I went, as I always do, I went into a place of um, inner reflection, inner thought, after the show last Thursday. And I had a real discussion with myself. And it bled into yesterday, and it bled into this morning uh, here on the podcast. And I've been thinking, and definitely a sense of disillusionment, but also, as I learned a term online, um, positive disillusionment. Now, I'm not going to cite the person or the I don't even know if that's technically a term or whatever. Some of it was a little bit of Bhagavad you know, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Hari Hari, like mental case shit. But like something I garnered from the term positive disillusionment is the idea that you can be disillusioned in a positive sense because it brings forth the truth. You can see a situation for what it, what it really is and accept the truth and live in the truth of the situation. So the truth of the situation is, comedic-wise, acting-wise, community-wise, I'm alone. For the time being, I'm alone. I got a handful of people that I, I, I know and enjoy, but it's business as usual, like any business. People are out for themselves. And that's just the way it is. And the blessing is I do have a show that I can do weekly. And I can give opportunities to people. I just booked the next show and there's a guy. Thank you, Jonathan, for the spot. So happy to do the show. This is my comeback show. I haven't been doing comedy for a while and I really appreciate the spot. I get all that positive stuff too. You know, and that's also where I lack humility because... There's, there's also been a lot of positive people thanking me for the opportunity to do a show because it's an opportunity. As you can tell, there's a lot of heart and love in this podcast if you've listened so far. So if you're into what I'm doing, then I think you know that there's a lot of love and passion and heart in what I do. And um, I've, I've received a little bit of that appreciation back, like, Comics saying, thank you very much for the spot. I appreciate it. This, that, and the other. And one thing I learned this week as well, this past week, is um, don't discount a kind word. You know what I mean? It's so easy to, and I do it all the time. As a comic, we always, as a human being, 
we always focus on the negative. At least I do. Um, I try not to, and I try to move past it, but, you know, the negative words of people affect me more than the positive sometimes. Sometimes I completely discount the positive. Someone says, good job, thank you, this, that, and the other. Jonathan, hi, how are you, hooray. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, buddy. And I just like look the other way. But I'm trying to learn how to not discount the power of positivity. Positive disillusionment. You know what I mean? The positive thing is, yo, this is where I am. This is what's going on. This is the reality of the community that I live in. Um, and the power of that disillusionment is the positivity that I can see the truth and I can handle my life in the way that I need to handle it. Going forward, making steps for forward progress. And I should have more gratitude and humility in the people that say, thank you, congratulations, hooray. I shouldn't discount them as much as I do and focus on the negative because there was a couple negative people, negative circumstances that have been affiliated with the show that I've been focusing on. And it's just like, yo, fuck them. Put them right out of your mind. To hell with them. Focus on the good. Like I mentioned, the guy, oh, thank you, Jonathan. I'm back at the comedy. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And da, 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 da. Like, I should think, I should, pause, I should focus more on him. Like, yeah. Nope. Then, you know, and I sent him back another email. Hey, thank you very much, man. Thank you very much for the positivity. Um, a couple years ago, I was in the exact position as you, so I understand, man. And I'm happy to have you. See you next Whenever, I forget when he's on. He's like, he's on next month or something, right? And the venue, the venue was so awesome to me as well this week. Um, you know, just when I had it in my head that the venue was kind of against me, like you get paranoid. That's the thing about negative thoughts. You start thinking negative and then everything becomes negative. You go into the swirling downward spiral where everyone's out to get you and there's negativity around every corner. Look out, beware. And... I was getting all these negative thoughts because, you know, it's like, okay, there's no audience and the comics are cannibalizing. Uh, they're cannibalizing me. They're, they're turning their, their, their back on me in a way, right? And I was feeling all this negativity and, and I was getting defensive. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, well, and the venue, the venue, they're going to boot me out and they don't like me and they hate me and this, that and the other. And the venue, you know, they're going to give me the old fucking... You know, here's your eviction notice. We want you out in 30 days or less, you know. And I was like, oh, no, right? Turned out, actually, they were very kind, gracious, and they really made my night. They really uplifted my spirit that night, walking out of the venue on top of all the bullshit. On top of spaghetti, all covered in cheese. I lost my poor meatball when somebody sneezed. On top of all the bullshit, they made me feel like a fucking million dollars. Well, maybe more like $40 walking out of that venue that night. And I felt great. And that's the humility that I should have. And um, that's what I learned this week. Positive disillusionment and uh, never discount the power of a kind word. You know, when you're at work and that person goes, hey, happy Friday. That's not just some frivolous bullshit. They're trying to send positivity at you. Take it. Take it. Because the negative will always be there. There will always be negative bullshit obstacles. So when somebody throws you something as meaningless as, 
Happy Friday at work like a pussy. Like, what am I, some fucking child? Happy Friday? Fuck you, drop dead. Don't do that. Go like, oh, yeah, you know, happy Friday too, you know, word up, you know? We're going to have some fun, show how it's done, TGIF. Happy Friday, thank God it's Friday, hallelujah, you know? So that's what I kind of garnered. And positive disillusionment. When you are feeling disillusioned and out of sorts with your community, and I'm feeling it on several fronts, actually. As I mentioned, I'm an alcoholic, and um, I belong to a society of recovering alcoholics. And I have seen and heard things and experienced things in this society that has also made me, as of late, and to be honest, charting back throughout my whole recovery, there has been some situations and circumstances that have made me very disillusioned with the society. Though, I would be a fool not to focus on all the positive gifts that I got from being a part of that society, which I'm still a part of, but at a distance for the moment, right? And uh, that's the power of positive disillusionment. You can see the truth of a circumstance and find your way forward. And um, that's the gratitude I have today. And I'm very happy to say that. I'm very happy that I have that gift. And there's a lot of future hope and promise for our Righteous Mike. we got a great show coming up this uh, Thursday. Got a lot of funny comics on the bill. And um, I'm just rocking with it, doing my thing. Ain't nothing going to bring my smile. Ain't nothing going to slow me down. Oh, no. I got to keep on moving. Positive things for me today. Getting a haircut. Yes, sir. I'm booked in with my barber, a new barber. Uh, I got an appointment for a haircut at 10 a.m. I had to quit my last barber, my last hairdresser. You know, he was a mental patient. Um, You know, he was this old Trinidadian dude, right? How's it going, Jonathan, and things like that? Wind it up, man. You know, Jonathan, how you doing, man? You're here for a haircut. He was this old Trinidadian dude, right? And I'm Trinidadian, right? So I felt that connection. But he's just a mental case, right? He'd be like, he would say things like this. He'd like say things like this to me all the time. Um, Yo, Jonathan, did you know this boy? Women be fucking dogs, boy. Women be fucking dogs, man. Yeah, man, the women be fucking dogs, boy. Take, take a look at this picture. Take a look at this picture, boy. Women be fucking dogs. And he like he pulled out his cell phone. He's like trying to show me videos of women having sex with dogs and barn animals and shit. I'm like, yo, man, just cut my fucking hair. What the bumba clot, blood clot hell, man? Like back the fuck up off me, right? Little weird things like that. He'd have his stupid little friends like, you know, yo, man, how you doing? You want to get the lotto ticket, man? Yeah. Hey, yo, yo, you want to go for lotto 649, man? Like he'd have his friends would show up and they'd be having like a conversation Right over top of me while he's cutting my hair, right? Oh, man, Lotto Max, man, 49, man. Oh, yeah, the, the Lotto ticket from last night, yeah, man. I, I saw the winning Lotto numbers, man. Yeah, man, I'm going to go get myself a lottery ticket, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm going to go down to the store and get me a little bit. Just like having this stupid conversation over top of my head. Yo, it's like, yo, you're fucking killing me here. Just cut the damn hair, right? So, like... Finally, I had to wrap it up. Plus, he's like on his deathbed or something, right? He's always sick. Oh, oh, 
Boy, my eyes be killing me, man. I be so tired all the time and my eyes are killing me, man. And, I, and my cholesterol and my blood sugar and my blood pressure be up, boy. And I can't be eating this and I can't be eating that, man. And I'm just so tired all the time. I'm just so bloody tired. He's like crying in my lap and shit. It's like, yo, man, I'm just here for a fucking lineup and a fade, nigga. Come on, please, stop it. You know, the trials and tribulations of being beautiful, right? You know, people get jealous on you. <laughs> Start giving you their troubles when you're just trying to shine. Yo, cut this hair, fool. So anyways, I had to cut this man off, right? So I got this new appointment with this new barber in my area. Looking forward to it. I'm a little apprehensive, you know, but, you know, hopefully he, uh, hopefully he does a good job. I mean, he's got a dope website, a dope shop, so I'm going to go check it out, you know? It's all gravy train, honey. And yo, if we get into the conversation, I'm gonna bloop, hit him up with two tickets for Our Righteous Mike, the show that I host downtown, Toronto. Y'all are welcome if you live in the area. Check out my website, jonathan-ramtran forward slash shows. You can be a part of the parade. So yeah, I got a haircut to look forward to. Hallelujah. Um, it's pissing rain right now, or it's dribbling anyway. A little bit of dribbly, dribbly goo. But um, that's a beautiful fucking thing. Get the plants growing. You know, as you saw, I was watering the plants earlier in the show. So I'm very uh, pro-watering when it comes to plants. And um, just going to rock with it. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. It's your new, it's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran reporting live for duty on this magnificent May 25th. In the year of our Lord. Our Righteous Mike, we got a show this coming Thursday, May 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Information on my website, uh, Jonathan Ramtran forward slash shows. Come out and see us if you can, we'd love to have you. If you have any questions, queries, or qualms for the show, hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. You want to tell me something? You want to fucking bitch me out? You want to give me some love? Whatever the fuck it is, hit me up there. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, you live it, you love it, you realize it. I appreciate you, all right? Peace.